0: If government looked after manufacturing in the same way they look after our primary industries, we would have a much more broadly based economy. And, you know, if you want to develop jobs in the regions, then manufacturing is the key opportunity.
1: Kiora, I'm Troy, here as CEO, and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. I'm super excited to hear from the leaders, experts and influencers around the world who are shaping the way our metals industry in New Zealand evolves and innovates. That's why you'll hear me and the HERO team interviewing many of them while bringing our own viewpoints as well.
2: So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Hi, I'm Tristram Clayton and I'm happy to facilitate today's conversation with Metals NZ Chief Executive Nick Collins, SCNZ Manager Darren O'Reilly, and a familiar Stirring the Pot voice, HERA CEO Troy Coyle. Without a doubt, many of those in the New Zealand metals industry will have heard of HERA, Metals NZ and SCNZ, but what you might not be 100% clear on is what they're about, their key strategic focuses, and how they collaborate. Today, let's make that clear. Welcome all, thanks for coming on the podcast. Let's start at the beginning and go through each of your organisations to find out what your key remit is and what is and are your unique focus activities. So let's start with you, Troy.
1: So I'm Troy, the CEO CEO of Hera, and our remit is really to provide the R&D expertise and training to help the industry innovate.
0: All right. Um, Nick, should we we carry on with you? Happy with that. Hi, I'm Nick Collins, CEO of Metals New Zealand. Metals New Zealand is a bit of a unique beast. It's a pan-industry organisation. We and our members are the seven-member organisations across the sector, so SCNZ and HERA, along with New Zealand metal roofing manufacturers, um, New Zealand Stainless Steel Development Association, Casting Technology, Galvanising Technology. I think I've got them all. I might have missed one. And NASH, which is the National Association of Steel Frame Housing.
2: So you're the body that represents all those organisations. I've watched these two uh, two of them. So let's finish off with you, Darren. Tell us about your, your organisation and your role within it.
3: Hi, I'm Darren. I'm the manager of Steel Construction New Zealand. So we're the voice of New Zealand's rather diverse structural steel market. So our remit is to grow structural steel and its use in the New Zealand construction market.
2: All right, clearly there is quite a bit of overlap there and that has created some confusion in the past. Tell us about where where are the overlaps and where are you specifically uh, have the different functions and different roles within the the metals industry?
3: Well, probably there's a bit of confusion because SCNZ grew out of Hera. We were originally a department of Hera, but we've been on our own now since 2006. So SCNZ's quite focused on the structural steel market itself, which is a subset of what HERA does, and of some of the many markets that HERA looks after. And what what we're about is the here and now. So we're about servicing the market, trying to grow structural steel against our competitors, and that's concrete and timber as a material, and also overseas uh, structural steel that's important to the country. So we're about looking after our members' needs, today and maybe in the, in the next couple of years, whereas Hera is about looking for the five years, 10 years and beyond. And we'll get that from Troy in a second, but just tell us a little bit more about, you said you grew
2: out of Hera. What was the push and the drive, the motivation for you, you effectively going it alone, coming out of Hera in that way?
3: Well, it was before my time, but I think the the, the general driver was that we have to be quite specific and do some, do some quite direct market-focused activities, whereas Hera is limited by its its scope to research and innovation, which it clearly does very well, uh, where we are more out in servicing our members' needs on a day-to-day basis.
2: All right, Troy, What Darren touched on there. Let's get the full brief exactly what your key roles and your key focus as well.
1: Yes, I think Darren's right. Uh, HERA would be very much the future-focused organisation, so ensuring that our industry is prepared for transformation and disruption and innovation um, moving forward in the short term as well as the long term. Uh, Maybe what has constrained us um, in terms of our remit is that we are governed by a piece of legislation, um, the Heavy Engineering Research Levy Act, and that doesn't allow us to do too much advocacy. And so um, that's why, for example, other organisations have been created, which um, Nick will tell you about, uh, and we're very much focused on the research and development and the expertise and the training around that to enable industry to adopt the outcomes of that information as well.
2: So that's quite, quite big picture stuff there. Obviously, steel will be a, a key component of that, but you represent all metals when it comes to both innovation and some of those, those other issues you mentioned.
1: Yes, in theory, but te- um, because the levy is predominantly coming in from steel, um, we're very much heavy steel-focused, uh, but we don't look just at um, building and construction. So we look at other applications of steel as well, for example, in manufacturing and pressure vessels.
2: All right, Nick, so flowing on to you. Now, I heard that the key point there seemed to be advocacy. Is is it fair to say that is one of your big roles?
0: That's one of our big roles. But once again, like SCNZ, metals grew out, grew from hearers' activities. And it, my understanding, so I wasn't there at the time, was it wasn't, in that gap around advocacy and you know addressing particularly issues that concern the sector that are larger than any one of the individual member organisations. So out of that for Metals has grown a programme of work partly focused on government which is around government procurement, fair and free trade and non-conforming products which are a challenge for all of those member groups that I mentioned and also the other key organisations in the metal sector. And you know, outside of government, we've got three other priorities around sustainability, productivity and collaborative research initiatives across the sector involving those member organisations and other key entities in the sector.
2: It all makes a lot of sense when you describe the origins of the organisations and where they've come from. But you can see how within the public's mind and some of the industry, but also within the media, there can be a bit of confusion about who represents what. Is that an issue you come up against?
0: No, it's not an issue I come up against. And for metals, the remit's almost a little bit further than what we've talked about, because we also represent a group of aluminium extruders who have some... Issues that are common with the rest of the metal sector, particularly around free trade, around non-conforming product and around government procurement. Um, And then across the steel sector that has since probably about 2008, 2009, a focus around sustainability. And out of that, fostered once again by HERA, was the Sustainable Steel Council. And that is, I suppose, housed within metals, but the key participants are those metals organisations that I mentioned, and also the key players like New Zealand Steel and Steel and Tube and Fletchers and others. So, um, yeah, I, I don't kind of see the confusion in the same way. And I think the three of us communicate pretty openly and freely about what's going on. And sometimes it's around shared issues. And Troy and I were talking this morning about government procurement. Um, And sometimes it's around issues that concern me, that I need input from them or I need a sounding board. So I kind of, I, I don't see the confusion from where I sit because these two are just kind of two of the brotherhood of seven organisations.
2: Makes sense. And obviously clearly working and cooperating together. How about you, Troy? Obviously these other two organisations grew out of Hera. Do you find that occasionally uh, either the media or industry players come to you with questions that are relevant to the other organisations?
1: I don't see it as a brotherhood. I see it as a sisterhood. And (laughs) (laughs) I think that we... (laughs) We really work so closely, and I think it's facilitated by all being physically located, you know, within arm's reach, basically. So um, I don't see any problems. If there is confusion, they're kind of dealt with in the same way that if media were uh, speaking with a department within the same organisation.
2: Very, very well put. Um, let's talk about the cooperation working together um, and the fact that you're all, I think you just mentioned in your intros, they're all quite new, relatively new within your roles. Um, how has that changed things compared to what, how the organisations were to where they are now and where you want them to, to, them to go? Should we start with you, Darren?
3: Well, um, I'd like to add, I think it's a neighbourhood on the <laughs> Manor <Mount> <laughs> But Yes. but awesome. But, yeah, so I, I think uh, prior to Troy's arrival, there was a bit of uh, maybe medals and SNZ was seen as as the apprentice of the master and sometimes when um, the predecessors of, of Troy spoke, they spoke on our behalf as opposed to giving our own voice, which I certainly think we have now. So that's that's been a big change and a big benefit. I think we're quite clear amongst ourselves on where we stand and where we need to combine and where we need to to um, go separate in some cases but I think the, the major um, change has been that we um, are now trying to educate the market on those differences where we knew um, internally quite a while, but we weren't so great at, at going to externally to, to communicate that and industry in our community is quite a small community so people will pick up the phone and Ring the person they've last dealt with, and that might have been here ten years ago, and it might um it might be medals two years ago or ECNZ last week. So we're now trying to get that those clear demarcations to the the industry, but also we can amongst ourselves where we need to.
2: And obviously, even a discussion like this is helping get that message out there, absolutely, um, pretty clearly. Um, tell us about the relative size of your of all your organisations to each other, and, and what are you gaining in staff, or is it pretty static? How how's that working?
3: Uh, well, we're we're a small organisation. We have four full time staff and two contractors, arguably three contractors actually now, and uh, but our membership's over four hundred, and that's a diverse membership from steel, what's called a steel fabricator, but. the the right terminology is steel constructors, so they're the people who manufacture and erect structural steel right through to engineers, the flooring manufacturers, um, the steel detailers. So it's quite a diverse market. but most of our membership are also in turn members of Hera. And that's a that's a
2: large membership. How does that work for you, Troy, um, based your organisation then also the members side of it?
1: Uh, So we, I think, are about 13 people um, at any one time and then we have interns and um, students coming through. Uh, But in terms of membership, uh, we're about 630 at the moment Um, and, uh, as Darren said, covers a lot of um, the SENZ membership, but we've got probably some additionals in terms of associate membership from universities, um, some government departments, affiliated affiliated organisations, um, design engineers uh, and, yes, fabricators and constructors.
2: And Darren's mentioning getting that message out there of the, the different organisations. Are you happy, especially since you took over, are you happy that that message is getting out there to those, those relevant parties?
1: Yeah, because I think um, it actually dilutes the HERA brand um, just as it, do, it, it would dilute the SCNZ brand. So I want us to be very clear on what we stand for and, and it's really around the innovation side of things.
2: Um, Nick, obviously that's, it's a bit different with you, but you just represent other organisations. But tell us about how many people in your organisation and the sort of the growth or of membership and and the size of your staffing.
0: So size of the staffing quite limited. It's me. <laughs> so I'm it. Um, and but having said that, we get a lot of support from Hera um, for some of the activities we do, and more recently from Steel Construction New Zealand, who provides support. F- Services to the Sustainable Steel Council, um, and we have some outside contracting support. But other than that, it's me um, with the support from the team.
2: Again, it's sort of, I'm sensing a great deal of cooperation here. What's the what's the sort of vibe of your organisation? How do you want to be perceived? What, what's the goal here? That's,
0: that's that's an interesting question. Because it is about the the future sustainability profitability of our sector, Um, and you know from a personal perspective, I think officials and ministers have a very limited understanding of the role of the metal sector and particularly metals manufacturing. Um, and the contribution that that has to the economy, to our GDP. So, as a sector, we employ over thirty thousand people in manufacturing alone. Um, so that doesn't include the construction side of things. And manufacturing contributes about, oh, um, it's about one percent, I think, of GDP. So, but if 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 government looked after manufacturing in the same way they look after our primary industries, we would have a much more broadly based um, economy. And, you know, if you want to develop jobs in the regions, then manufacturing is the key opportunity. Um,
2: yeah. A lot of key statements there and then some big numbers. Darren, I saw you notice um, nodding your head. What 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 would you want to add to that?
3: I, th- I think next 100%. Uh, we, we've been a primary primary industries can- country, and a lot of our government legislation's been involved around that. And manufacturing and the construction industry often gets left outside that. So I think there's now, uh, you know, it's our duty to 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 try and change, be change makers on that. And I think there there has been some willingness by the government to listen, and that's thanks to some of the some of the stuff that work that we've done. Have you noticed that as well, Troy?
1: Um, I think there is a bit of a focus from government um, on the primary industries still and um, particularly on regional development. And I think it was a really interesting fact that came out of the MB manufacturing report in 2018 that actually the metals industry is a regional industry. All of the growth that's happening in metals manufacturing is actually um, happening in the regions. So it's, we, I think we've got a bit to do to tell our story a little bit better. Um, But definitely the data there is to support us in doing that.
0: Can I just add to that? Because if that report also talked about, you know, the value of wages and most of our jobs in manufacturing and particularly metals manufacturing are high wage jobs. Traditionally, you know, in the last decade, government has focused on tourism, horticulture, agriculture, all low wage economy jobs.
2: All right. Well, that's probably a nice moment to talk a little bit about the future. Obviously, the big the big point being threats and opportunities. So much going on within your in, within your sector um, with acquiring yeah, talent, green reboots, IT, blockchains. So much going on. Can I ask each individually? Where do you see the biggest threats and also the biggest opportunities? Should we start with you, Nick.
0: So I think the biggest threat: short sightedness and. Um, so, if we if we look at kind of sustainability and, you know, the perception of our sector is that it's a high energy, high emission sector and, you know, a naive belief by some that we can transition to a low emission economy without metals and, you know, your love of coffee, you're just going to have to accept that if we haven't got metal, it be quite difficult. Um, You ride a push bike, um, carbon fibre maybe, the train, the bus, the motor car, the infrastructure that supports it. And in that transition to low emission economy, whether it be geothermal, whether it be wind power, um, we're going to struggle to do that without metals. And also, if you look at the progress that's been made, you know, particularly the reduction of fossil fuel use in the transport sector, enormous reduction because of the the more optimised use of higher quality metals. So that, that's the biggest threat I see is naivety and stupidity. Um, the biggest opportunity I see is in manufacturing, and whether that be um, the sort of high-value manufacturing we see coming out of our casting businesses where, you know, most of what they produce they export and high-value castings, often from low-grade metal and often from scrap metal. the The opportunity in the construction sector to really improve productivity through off-site manufacture. And what all of our metals offer is firstly you know, exacting dimensions, they they don't wander like natural materials do, but also the the infinite reuse. I mean metals are at the heart of a circular economy in terms of repurposing the metal at the end of its life reuse or finally recycling.
2: Obviously a lovely crossover um, into your organisation, Troy, um, a a primary objective being innovation. Um, How would you respond to that, those same points?
1: Well, actually, we surveyed our members last year on on exactly this question and what they came back with was prefabrication being their major concern um, as a potential disruptor. And I guess for us... um, Prefabricated items of heavy steel coming into the country is a big threat, a big potential threat, um, and we do need to look at the quality aspects of that, as well as the um, lack of use of local manufacturing and fabrication capability um, that gets that gets missed out if it isn't given that opportunity. I think for me, the biggest um, threat is disruption just more generically and our industry's preparedness for disruption or even its visibility of what's on the horizon in terms of manufacturing technologies or new materials or hybrid uses of metals with other materials uh, and how our industry is preparing itself for those um, opportunities. Um, I also think that uh, there is a potential risk around the uh, social licence to operate metals and how they're perceived environmentally uh, and we do need to be seen to be taking a leadership role there.
2: Can you offer up any um, concrete examples of of how you are going to um, deal with some of those issues moving forward? You've obviously been thinking about it, have you you got a bit of a strategy along that line?
1: Well we have reinvigorated the Sustainable Steel Council and that um, council's um, first project is really to have a um, strategy session around that particular issue. Uh, We are also conducting through HERA, a general market research study of how are metals perceived by um, the general community and what are their perceptions around the the, um, benefits and costs of uh, steel to the corporate and social er arenas. We have also conducted a study. In fact, we were the first industry to do so um, using treasuries for capitals, Um, framework to assess our financial contribution to the nation and that really does look at the other aspects that this government's quite interested in looking at um, around the social and the um, natural capital issues as well. So we have been thinking about it and we've just started to prepare ourselves for how we're going to present the benefits of steel in that regard.
2: Right, well, obviously, lots of questions here for you, Darren. But just before we move on on to you, and specifically threats and opportunities in the steel-specific industry, you did mention the Sustainable Steel Council. Where does that fit in exactly?
1: So it's really um, initially was an initiative of HERA, but really operated through Metals New Zealand. And we've always been strong supporters, SCNZ and HERA. Um, But really, Nick's leading it, so hand over to Nick here.
0: Yeah, so the Sustainable Steel Council was an initiative probably in about 2008 that beyond 2013 didn't uh, progress because with the, the then administration that we had, um, there was really no interest in sustainability in the built environment. And... We last year started oh, around about August to put some life back into it. From So Troy has some really strong um, drivers around sustainability and I've worked in that space before. So it was a kind of, um, it, it was a natural step for us to be taking as a sector Because I think both of us fundamentally believe that there's a lot of progress that we can make. And I've already pointed out in that transition to a low-carbon future that metals are a key component of it. But I think in the way we live our lives and, more importantly, what we leave for our children, it's really important that all sectors of the economy start to address some of the fundamental issues with the way we
3: consume.
2: All right. So much to talk about there with you, Darren. Okay, well, let's go back. So we've got threats, opportunities, but also sustainability. Give well, us your take well, on this.
3: Well, look, um, I'll sum it up by saying to start off that, you know, we're, we're unashamedly a New Zealand manufacturing association. So we rely on Metals New Zealand um, when we have advocacy that represents the entire industry we do our advocacy where it's quite specific to the structural steel industry. So as a, as a result, sustainability affects the entire metals industry. So we're we're a key participant of the Sustainable Steel Council. As such, we 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 support where Nick's taking that direction. So for us, uh, and, and it probably links into where we, we see um, Hera. Hera's a great brand name to have behind us when it comes to justifying our our positions on certain statements. You know, as I say, we are biased towards New Zealand manufacturing. Hera is seen as a very um, well, well respected and it is uh, research association and innovator. So we can use um, their name to support some of our stuff that we do. So so that leads me into what our threats and um, and issues are. It's mainly around that compliance and uh, the quality. Now. We, we, we're we in an open market and there's free trade throughout the world but all things aren't equal and there's been a number of materials particularly around the structural steel electrical wiring glass have come into New Zealand from offshore which isn't compliant and we're, and we're now finding out that there's some risks and some consequences of that so what we're trying to do as our industry is, is we just can't say hey we're New Zealanders and we've been around for a long time so rely on us we've got to get our own act together and we've also got to ensure that the local authorities and the government realise that, put us on the same level f- playing field. So if, if we're expected to meet certain quality requirements, certain compliance requirements, make sure everybody is and let us compete um, as, you know, in the, as, as, as on contracts based on the merits of that. So a number of things going around there. So our industries invested heavily in, in technology themselves, about 3D printing, through th- th- uh, three C um, CNC machinery. Uh, so our support of that is is, is minimal. Uh, that's what they do as individual businesses. Where we come in is we've brought our own quality assurance program in, and we've done that working very closely with HERA, and that's called Steel Fabrication Certification, SFC. So that's now become a very recognized uh, quality assurance system for the manufacturer of structural steel. We couldn't have done it without HERA, and HERA's uh, got a company called HERA Certification, which is the independent... Uh, auditing body of that of that program, so we promote it. HIA certification does the the hard work of auditing and making sure people meet the requirements.
2: It's, it's fascinating. It almost comes back to some of those issues we were talking about at the beginning. You, you that's that cooperation where it really does work Absolutely. because you've got your own role for the advocacy, but then when you want to have a little bit stand back, you tie in with hera, for example. C-
3: correct. it's Correct. So so it can't we can't have it so well you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a club. It's not a club, the SFC. It's now going. It's a requirement by 2020 that all our steel fabricators have to have SFC. So uh, having Hera on the background to be able to develop those tools that we need for that has been has been outstanding. So in terms of compliance, that's about ensuring that 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 steel um, fabricated steel brought into New Zealand complies with our very good standards we have in New Zealand, that it's manufactured correctly. So we've been working with councils, working with HERA, working with the, the government. and We've put together quite a bit of um, literature and programs and matrices to ensure that when people are specifying structural steel in buildings, it's going gonna, it's gonna to comply. Are you fairly happy with the breakdown
2: of the different organisations and the cooperation? Do you think you've you've got it about right? I'll ask this question to all of you. Um, But with the number of bodies there are, it is about right. Are you happy
3: with the mix? I I, I think we work very well together. Uh, We we do communicate across, and sometimes things slip through the cracks, very few, uh, and that's just because we're we're all busy people. But I think we've all got the same end goal, and, and we're all going along the, the same path, and sometimes we fall off that path, but I think generally we are in the right place, and I think our members understand that now. I think it's helped that we've been three new leaders of, the, of each of the, of the organisations who don't come with any baggage, um, and we, I think we're all in the going forward together, and we've got good teams underneath us who work well together as well. Nick, uh, if we come back to metals, New Zealand obviously representing so
2: many different organisations. Is that a fair assessment of the situation as you see it?
0: I think so. The the only gaps I see relate to our smaller organisations. So, you know, here are SNZ, metal roofing manufacturers, all well resourced to service their members. The smaller member organisations struggle. And I think that's a challenge that metals has to respond to in terms of how we just support them to be able to provide the resource that's necessary. And I think, you know, if you look at the SCNZ model, you know, the way they have serviced their market of structural engineers, the technical support um, is really, you know, has borne fruit in... What gets built, and likewise, we need a strong sector right the way across. And how do we ensure that there is good technical support around all of the metal solutions? That's the challenge.
2: Lovely answer, and we could finish with you, Troy, um, as the sort of uh, you know you're looking at your other sister organisations. Are you are you pretty happy with your place, and what are where where do you want to make changes in the future?
1: I think it all works because we've, we're all working towards a bigger picture, which is really a sustainable industry. And so um, here is remit to focus on innovation. It's not going to really work if we don't have government support and we so we need that advocacy support. And at the same time, it's not going to work if we don't have quality fabricators and um, fabricators who are actually using the, the right design standards and so on. So I think in the big picture, we it, it's in a all of the best interests of our individual organisations to work collaboratively. So I think we work really well together. Um, And I think even just listening to people's answers, you know, we can all talk about each other's organisations with great familiarity without getting, um, stepping on anyone's toes either. So I think that's a good sign.
2: Darren, Troy, Nick, thank you for coming on, Stirring the Pot. It's been fascinating talking with you all.
1: Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. So there you go, thanks for joining our conversation with Darren, Nick and myself today and Tristram for being our guest interviewer. For me, this was an important conversation to have. We're here to support the whole of our metals industry and the best way we can do that is by improving our engagement and transparency to support them both now and into the future. After all, transparency is the root of every relationship. Food for thought till we meet next time. So hit subscribe, and if you liked what you heard today, please like, review, or share with any metalheads you know. Let's spread the word. Kia ora, I'm Kim, here as Manager, Marketing and Communications. I'd love to challenge our members to also think about improving their own engagement and transparency within their business. A perfect way you can do that is by joining our digital content innovation cluster. This cluster group gives you practical understanding of how to use digital platforms to your advantage, which current and future platforms are best for your business strategy, and how to improve your rankings, future growth, and engagement. For our Time and Resource poor members, we'll also share ways to simplify and manage these platforms so you can get all the value without it being time-consuming or overwhelming. For more information, details are in our show notes.